Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I am John Mark. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. Hey, Ryan. Hey, John. How are you? I'm doing well. You know what today is? What's today? Today is the first day of college baseball. College baseball. Are you big into college baseball? Yeah, we got to hurry up because I'm leaving in just a little bit to go to a junior college baseball game. Okay, you going to East Central? No. Okay, they're playing today. Yeah, they are. They are. And uh, the coach is in your church. You That's should, right. You're the one that should be going. Hey, I'm a big fan of East Central baseball now. I've <laughs> yeah. got a sweater and a hat. Yeah, uh, yeah. How many games did you go to last year? Uh, I went to uh, at least five. Really, did yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, That's good. I went to a yeah. few. I took Knox yeah. this first game last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I took my parents out there one yeah. year, so how about that? <laughs> how about that? <laughs> so uh, I'm going to watch a, a church member who uh, plays at a different junior college, okay. and uh, hopefully he's going to be pitching today. So, nice. uh So that's why I had to move up our time today, so yeah. I could get on the road and that's get right. over there. So, Sounds good. Well, yep. we are uh, we are in the studio, and by and studio, not- <laughs> we mean the closet um, in the association <laughs> yeah. office. So, uh, but we are ready to talk about an interesting uh, topic today that... Uh, we have to we have to do some groundwork for first, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so because the topic is could actually sound like it's only for lay people, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, but I think the reason we want to address this topic is because it's good for us to understand how lay people approach our sermons. Yeah, that's right. Um, and also, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm our church is having uh, revival services this week. Yep. And so I'm going to be listening to some sermons sure. this week. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you're, uh, if you preach for a while, you know how difficult it is to kind of go back into the pew. Yeah. It uh, is. And to listen to your own, I yeah. mean, especially if you preach every week. Yeah. Do you find out. yourself hypercritical? That's right. Uh, hypercritical. You, you almost, you're almost uh, sermon tasting, like wine tasting, <laughs> you know, that kind of idea of, Hmm, this is a nice oaky sermon, you know, and he <laughs> yeah. could have, he could have brought this out, these yeah. flavors out better. And, uh, yeah. But we want to we want to be able to talk about a method of listening to sermons in a way that helps us as Christians um, to not be hypercritical, but instead to be expectant of what the Lord is doing right, through His preached right, word. Right. Yeah, for us, the you know those of us that are practitioners, uh, it can be very easy to say, you know, well, this guy used this style and he should not have used that style. Yeah, uh-huh. or this guy mm-hmm. used, uh, you know, didn't. Didn't alliterate his words, and That's he should right, have. Yep. Oh, or, he was so close to alliteration, he didn't do it. That ruins Or have our own narrowly defined understanding of yep. exegetical preaching yeah, and say, uh-huh. well, I'm not listening to him because it's not exegetical, That's whatever right. that means for you, you yep. know, and so... Mm-hmm. So we got to kind of get away from that, and I think this conversation of how how should we listen to sermons uh, it'll help us in that arena, and it also help us uh, as we prepare understanding how our people are approaching That's the right. sermon listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so most of our people, uh, if they come to listen to our sermons, what they're doing is they're showing up and sitting down, <laughs> right? Uh, and right. so we want to we want to also speak to the layperson uh, for our podcast of um, understanding that your pastor hopefully spends yeah. a good amount of time each week preparing to present the word to you. Sure. So how, how do you need to approach that? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's good if we start with our dead man talking, kind of kind of give us a, uh, a nice little foundation to build upon. Yep. And this week, our dead man talking comes from George Whitfield, the itinerant preacher of the First Great Awakening, mm-hmm. uh, who knew a thing or two about preaching. He did, and he changed preaching. Yeah. I mean, his style, his mm-hmm. stylistic was different, style was different from the style of the culture of the time. Yeah, right? oh yeah, yeah. So uh, he really emphasized open air preaching, right. uh, maybe even uh, he had a background in theater, mm-hmm. kind of brought that into mm-hmm. the pulpit, yep. Yep. Uh, and, and God used him in amazing ways, and so I yep. think this is a good quote to kind of kick off um, 
our topic. He says, come to hear them, not out of curiosity, but from a sincere desire to know and to do your duty, Mm. to enter his house merely to have our ears entertained and not our hearts reformed must certainly be highly displeasing to the most high God, Mm. as well as unprofitable to ourselves. Yeah. Isn't that that funny with the historical understanding of George Whitfield and Benjamin Franklin? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how Benjamin Franklin would come and listen to George Whitfield preach. Yeah. For entertainment. For for entertainment purposes, (laughs) honestly. Uh And, uh, you know, you know, the story goes, I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, you know, do you believe, do you believe what he's saying? And Mm -hmm. Benjamin Franklin says, no, I don't, but he sure does. Yeah. Uh (laughs) That idea, you know, that Benjamin Franklin was apparently approaching the sermon for entertainment, but Whitfield says that ought not be uh, the case. That's right. Uh, and it's a good encouragement for us. People are not coming into our churches to be entertained. That's not the intent. And Mm -hmm. so it ought not be our desire to entertain people. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not what we chiefly do. So I, yeah. just this week, uh, I saw Jason Allen had shared a uh, an article in the Kansas City paper that Rob Bell was coming to Kansas City. Yeah. And uh, and the, the information of who Rob Bell is in the paper said something like, he used to be a preacher, but now he's mostly a comedian. <laughs> uh, and I mean, he, he was, was even a comedian when he was a preacher. Right. Yeah. And just uh, that idea. I mean, certainly there is there's room to use uh, uh, to use humor in the mm-hmm, pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um but we want to make sure that we're not a comedian. We want right. to make sure that that when we're preaching, that we understand what we're doing, and that yeah. we're coming to hear a sermon. We're not coming to hear um, a, com- a, a a comedy routine. Right, you know, right, we, we right. want to make sure that we're coming to hear the spoken word of God. Yeah, sure. And certainly, your people can your people can uh, tell others that based on your uh, every week. You know what you're presenting to. That's them. right. You know, if we're trying to be funny, then uh, then they're going to say, "Well, he thinks he's a comedian." Mm-hmm. But if you just offer. Jesus every week, they're going to know that's not your intent. That's right. So So what's the first step? So the first step, I think, of appropriate hearing of a sermon uh, and preparation of a sermon Mm -hmm. is to prayerfully prepare to hear the sermon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think we have, I think we have this expectation that the person that's delivering the message is prayed up. Mm-hmm. I think we have that expectation yeah. that they have prayed and tried to discern what message that the Lord would have for them to deliver. Right. And uh, and sometimes that's really the only expectation of prayer that we have. Mm-hmm. And I think there needs to be a burden on us. I mean, e- even as I I hope to come to your revival this this week, you know, hope, and listen. I'll, I'll see you there. Yeah, <laughs> and listen to uh, listen to to Jason preach. You know, my my hope is not only that he has prepared by praying. But that I would prepare as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I would pray for him mm-hmm. to speak clearly, right? That I would pray for me to hear clearly, That's right? Mm-hmm. And that the Spirit have you know openness, or I would be open for the Spirit to speak into my life, right? If we do believe that the preached Word of God is the Word of God, then yeah. we want to make sure that our hearts are prepared to hear that word, right? Right. And often the amount of praying that we do for for the sermon is you know right before. The offering, maybe, where yeah, yeah. Uh, the last little line of the prayer would be something like, and be with the preacher as he yeah. prepares his sermon. <laughs> yeah. um, we, want, we want a little bit more than that. Yeah, we want to prayerfully yeah. prepare our hearts just as the preacher is prayerfully preparing his sermon. Yeah. Uh, and we, we ought to know that as the preacher prepares his sermon, that he's going to be thinking about us, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, uh, when, mm-hmm. when I prepare my sermons, I'm thinking about my church. I'm yeah. not thinking about uh, the folks over in New York City and whatever they're doing. I'm thinking right. about... What are my people going through this week? Yeah. And so knowing that, make sure, one, that you are there. Yeah. You prepare to be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't miss that blessing that God has, and yeah. then make sure that your heart is prepared to be there. Yeah, you know, I think I think one of the questions we can ask ourselves if about this to determine whether or not we're prepared spiritually mm-hmm. is to say, you know, am I expecting anything? Yeah. You know, are you expecting God to do anything? Mm-hmm. 
if you're not expecting God to do anything, then don't don't pray, don't mm-hmm. prepare yourself for yeah. it. Just show up and see what happens. Yeah. But if we if we have this expectation that God moves among His people when when His messages are given, right? Then I think it'll it'll drive us to pray. Mm-hmm. God, I'm expecting you to do something. That's right. I have an expectation that you're going to move in my life, but not only in my life and other people that are there yeah. as well. Yeah. So so praying for our family that are coming. Yeah. Praying for the people that share pews with us. Yeah. Let's not pretend we're not Baptist and have all assigned pews. You know who <laughs> yeah. sits in front of you. Yeah. You know who sits behind you. Yeah. Pray for them as well. Yeah, and, and you know, pray that God gives us an opportunity to draw other people to that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. certainly evangelism, we need to be sharing Jesus, but it's okay to share an invitation to your church yeah. as well, yeah. uh-huh. and pray that those people that come into the doors, maybe for the first time, that they also would hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. So That's prayer, good. I think, I think the whole service needs to be bathed in that understanding of yeah. prayer, and mm-hmm. I, and I with our failure to do so, um, I think it's probably our greatest failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is, and uh, you know, just even even practically speaking, we we do want to prayerfully prepare for the sermon. Um, but practically speaking, there are other um, ways that we need to prepare to hear a sermon. Uh, so one of them is make sure that you have your Bible. Yeah, you know <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make sure that you have. If, if you're going to go to a classroom, you're going to mm-hmm. make sure you have pencil and paper. Yeah, right. Yeah. If you're going to come to the, the the preaching of the Word of God, make sure you have the Word of God. Sure. Uh, make sure you have anything that you need that's going to help you listen. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of moves on to our second point. We want to listen prayerfully, but we also want to listen actively. That's right. And, and I would say back to your uh, point of bringing the Bible. That's a pretty important part. Oh yeah. And I, I had a guy tell me one time. He said, he asked me, he said, do they tell you guys to say, if you have your Bibles with you, and I hope that you do, <laughs> then open them up to, because I say that yeah. just, just instinctively, I guess I've heard it so mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I, I said, no, they don't. We really do have a hope that you've brought it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we really do hope that you have the word of God with you mm-hmm. and, and a sermon that is so separated from the word mm. that you don't need it. Yeah. That's a problem. Is it really a sermon? I, I feel like I feel like maybe I don't know. Uh, this may be bad, but I feel like if you come <laughs> to hear one of us preach, yes, and you have not brought your Bible, I hope you kind of feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. Like I'm missing. Something. I'm missing something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want. I, one of the things that I want to say over and over in my sermons is look at this passage. Right. Look at this. Right. Look at this right. verse. Look what he says here. What happens right. next? I yes. want. I want to expose the scripture. Yeah. In order to do that, we've got to look at the scripture. Yeah, and I mean, I know as basic as this sounds, this is pretty important for us as we prepare our sermons to make sure we're calling our people to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're going to say, bring your Bible, bring your Bible, and they show up and don't need it, mm-hmm. next week they're not going to bring it. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I think you're right in, in continuously calling people to look at their Bibles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another active way that we can participate in the sermon, I think, is uh, through taking notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are you a giver of notes on Sunday mornings? I am not. And to be honest with you, I'm not really good at taking notes either. Oh, yeah? Um, I just, I find myself when I'm taking notes, uh, sometimes I'm it helps me later yeah. on. Yeah. Um, but in the moment, uh, my mind is prone to wonder. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, just recently, uh, I guess it was a, a few years ago or so, uh, Jared Wilson had a blog where he said, he discouraged taking notes in the sermon, and people called him the devil. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that that Jared Wilson's the devil. I mean, he may be bad or whatever <laughs> else. I don't know him personally. He may be. Um, he may be the devil. I don't know. I've never seen him and the devil in the same room. But <laughs> yeah. I think that was uh, you know presumptuous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do think that we 
different people operate different ways. That's right. And I think sometimes taking notes, taking simple notes helps you not only to hear and understand and process, but helps you to retain. Yeah, I think that goes back to, from the pastor's perspective, it goes back to learning styles. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's why we, it's why some people choose to put their notes on the screen while mm-hmm. they're preaching because mm-hmm. people are visual. Right. You know, some people need to write. Mm-hmm. They actively, that's how they learn. Some people, some people get a big stick and take it on stage. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Use props. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Some no. people, uh, <laughs> Some people, I forgot what I was saying. Some people just need to listen. They can't do two things at one time. Like me. So you just need to listen. (laughs) You need to actively listen because... Uh, because if you're writing, you are distracted and, and you're losing your train of thought. Right. And so you need to, you need to do that. So, but I would say note taking, whether you're doing it in your mind or, uh, or, or you're actually writing them down. I would or even, say, you know, writing in your Bible, underlining yeah, your Bible. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I do that as well. I, mm-hmm. um, that's the way I read my Bible every day mm-hmm. is yeah. I, I underline and read and write in my Bible. Uh, right. and so I, th- I think that's good for me and, and it can be good for you as well. Funny story. My grandmother just gave me my grandfather's bible mm, yeah and um and so uh, she actually didn't give it to me i need to clarify in case any of my family is listening to this <laughs> i took my grandfather's bible <laughs> from my grandmother so, so if you know what if you want to know where it's at i know where it's yeah, at yeah and uh, it's remarkable man to go through and see those dates that yeah. sermons were preached mm-hmm. who preached them yeah. and that sort of thing i mean it's uh, a living history it, it is yeah, that's it the is. same same story with me when my grandmother passed away last year around this time uh my aunt actually gave me actually gave me uh, my <laughs> grandmother's real. bible for real gave it to me and and i was actually preaching her funeral um and so you know dealing with uh, the loss of a loved one and you know, most of my entire life, my grandmother has been old. Yeah. Um, she, she died at, at 95. And so uh, she'd gotten to where she wasn't able to go to church my entire life. Yeah. And so yeah. I'd never seen her in church. Mm-hmm. I knew that she was a professed believer, mm-hmm. but that was all I knew. Yeah. You know, and we'd had some conversations, but not a lot, you know, just kind of your nominal Christian yeah. Christianity. And so my concern was, did, did granny know Jesus? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when my aunt gave me her Bible and I was able to open it up yeah. and see her personal study notes yeah. filled in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. And then stuff like uh, you know, she she loved to uh to uh to um use snuff. And uh <laughs> she had a King James Bible and she had outlined in Leviticus a verse. Uh, she had actually written at the beginning of her Bible uh, a Leviticus a verse in Leviticus talks about the snuff boxes yeah. in the King James. Now it's obviously not talking about tobacco <laughs> snuff, but in her mind that was a justification for, for using snuff. Yeah, yeah. And so stuff like that, you know, just yeah. living history. And so that 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 encourages me to write in yeah. my Bibles. For what my what a southern thing, right? I love women it. I know. snuff. Yeah, because yeah. it's not snuff like we think of. No, it's powder snuff. That's huh? right. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's funny. And uh, my my brothers would sneak it into the nursing home in our later <laughs> later years. And oh, so, we've gotten way off fun, subject. Fun, fun, fun. So so do you provide though an outline for your people on Sunday morning? I do not. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. I do not. I do, and I'll tell you why I do it. This is more the preacher side of it. I do it because it's necessary for the printing of our worship guide, mm-hmm. and and it keeps me disciplined. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I have to have my outline Gotta done at a certain day, right. and so that helps me uh, helps me and my people appreciate. Now they don't know what to do without one. Yeah. Because they've always they've been given one for ten years. Right. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's good. So listen actively. Listen. Listen actively as your preacher mm-hmm. is preaching. Uh, that means you cannot sleep or nod off. That's right. Right. That's good. Uh, <laughs> right. Because uh, you can tell me all day long you're praying. Yeah. 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 We know you ain't. Yeah, that's right. right. So the next thing that we uh, have, our third kind of point, is uh, is to approach the sermon lovingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovingly. lovingly. So what do we mean by that? Well, we we all know what we mean by that. When uh, when someone we love 
someone we cherish says something ambiguous yeah we don't hit him over the head right right yeah, yeah. so we must we must practice grace with preachers how many yeah. times I mean, I can't count the times I've said stupid stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, on accident and not meant. It. <laughs> sometimes you say it on purpose, right? Though. Sometimes I say it on purpose, right? <laughs> um, and I need my people to be gracious with me. Yeah. And if I say something that is questionable, I need them to to call me on it. Yeah. I yeah. need them to ask yeah. me about it, but I don't need yeah. them to do it in such a way that they are trying to you know kill me after the sermon right. because I've misspoke. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I think another one of these Whitfield quotes I think is really good <laughs> says, "Be careful not to depend too much on your preacher," mm-hmm. or think more highly of him than you ought to think. Yeah. You know, so let's just recognize, you know, the guy's, the guy's fallible. That's right. He's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to mess up some. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think lovingly approaching the message that way is, uh, it's good for, it's good for our practice of grace. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, the, uh, the, the best preacher is still a man. Yeah. And I love one of our, one of my favorite stories in our friend group is we have a, a mutual friend, uh, he's now a pastor in, in Alabama, and we all had gone to uh, a convention or something like that, and we had heard someone speak, and he said something dumb. I mean, like, <laughs> yes, it was the did. talk of the convention, how yeah. dumb he sounded. Yes. And afterwards, we were kind of recapping, and, and this this our friend, who is very gracious, he kept yes, saying, he, he just misspoke. He yeah, just misspoke. Yeah, yeah. Guys, he just misspoke. And, and we don't want to be that graceful. Right, we don't want to be that graceful, <laughs> but, you know, I think it's helpful to say, you know yeah. what, yeah. We need to be grace. We need to be filled with grace. Yeah. We are the people of grace, of God's grace. We yeah. need to be gracious. And you know, I'm, I'm again, preachers are the worst at this because uh, I listen to guys speak and some of the things they say make me cringe, yeah. not necessarily in content, mm-hmm. but the manner in which they speak, right, yeah. you know, because we try our best, believe it or not, to speak like we're educated people yeah, uh-huh. and to hear someone preach who does not preach that way. Right. Can, can drive me crazy. Yeah, and Subject verb agreement that's drives right. me up yeah. the and wall. Some, and some, we all have pet peeves. One of my we pet do. peeves is the is the phrase "each and every." Oh <laughs> man, I hate that phrase. Yeah. And he, and that's a preacher phrase, it right? Is, Which yeah. is funny. I was reading a, a style book from the 1940s, mm-hmm. and in there they said, "Don't say each and every because that's a peddler's phrase," you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah. yes, don't say it. But yeah. anytime I hear a preacher say that, I have to I cringe and I yeah. think, no, no, don't let that take away from the overall message. Yeah, I've preached in front of a lot of people from my childhood mm-hmm. and uh, I was preaching a revival one time in a county near us and I stood up to to start preaching and my high school English teacher was in the Ooh. crowd. Yeah. yeah. It's the most nervous I've ever been. Really? Yeah, because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm going to murder the English language yeah. and she is going to chastise me That's when right. we get finished. Right. So, But I think we need to we need to approach it more lovingly That's than right. that. Understand that what matters most is the content of the message. Mm-hmm. And even when we, whenever your preacher makes a slip up with mm-hmm. the content. That's right. Uh, you know, I was at a, I was at a funeral graveside service one time and a young pastor was doing the gravesides and he kept referring to the Holy Spirit as it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one of my things that drives me crazy. Right. And yet I know that that's not what he believes. Right. Right. You know, so let's lovingly and graciously understand that we all have slip of tongue. That's and, right. uh, and, and so we, we need to, we need to acknowledge that mm-hmm. there is a point when your pastor continues to make a slip on the same subject that right. you can recognize That's right, it. Yeah. But, but generally speaking, we need to approach it lovingly. That's right. And you know, I think one of the ways that we approach, uh, we approach preaching lovingly is to let our pastor know yeah. that was a good sermon. And then 
one of my things is uh, everybody's going to say that at the end of the right, sermon, right? Right, right. But give specifics. Yeah. T- tell yeah. your pastor how that sermon affected yeah. you. Tell yeah. him what something that you gained from that. Yeah. Now, sometimes it may be like, you know, I've had people tell me before, um, I really enjoyed this point you made, and I thought, I didn't make that point. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just like you said yeah, this morning, yeah, I didn't and I'm say thinking, that. where did you get yeah, that? I don't from? know where you, but uh, but it is good, you know. Encourage your pastor because you don't know what difficulties he's had that week. Yeah, you don't know sure. um, how how uh, futile he thinks that his sermon preparation has been that week. Uh, yeah, and, and the yeah. spirit is working on you, and let him know that. Yeah, I agree, and uh, and it can be just so easy just to give that, you know, kind of like that. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Yeah. As you're walking out the door, mm-hmm. oh, great message. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that, mm-hmm. that yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just automatically comes without actually really thinking what That's you're right. saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, giving those specifics, I think, is a really a really good thing. So uh, lovingly, lovingly approach uh, the sermon. Mm-hmm. And the next point, I think, is really significant. And, um, and I think you will agree. And that is to come expecting something. Mm-hmm. You know, expecting I think something. we kind of mentioned that. At the beginning, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, when we're talking about the uh, the the prayerfully approaching it, but expect a change. Mm-hmm. You know, expect a change yeah. in your attitude. I mean, think about it. Anytime we read the word or hear the word, you and I come to the word with wrong thinking and wrong actions. Right, right. And we want to make sure that as we come to the word, that the word is 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 confronting those wrong thinkings, confronting yeah. those wrong actions. And so we are coming. Expecting the Lord to move and yeah. expecting us to change from the sermon, right. us to gather something and to and to and to be able to apply that in a new way. Sure. So we we are actively listening to the sermon, expecting to take something from it, expecting to apply it uh, that very that, that very week, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. sometimes that's a little bit difficult to uh, to pull out. Sometimes you hear a sermon, you think, I don't know how this applies. Yeah. Uh, but the Word of God is true. It's coherent, um, and it and it's useful. And and I think this is why it, it, this just kind of makes a circle back up to the first point, which mm-hmm. is prayerfully approach right. the sermon. You know, we need we need to beg the Holy Spirit to do something mm-hmm. in our own lives. You know, yeah. and, I, and I I I love it when I hear people say, "Well, I didn't get nothing out of that." Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. I always have an opportunity to make a correction to it, right? And say, if you if you got nothing out of that, then that is to say the Holy Spirit failed you, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit doesn't fail you. Mm-hmm. So did you did you seek it? Yeah, or were you just asking for it to be a come to you from osmosis? Right, you know, yeah, just yeah. through the through the sound waves into your ear. That's not the way it works. Yeah, that, that's recently our, a book we read in our, our book group talks about sanctification, and it and it yeah. really parses this idea between passive sanctification mm. and active sanctification. Right. Yeah, uh, and that's that's how it is with the sermon. We yeah. can passively show up and hope something happens, yeah. and then we can leave from there and say, "Well, I didn't pay attention today, and I didn't get anything." That's it's the right, preacher's yeah. fault. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. maybe not. <laughs> and he preached ten minutes too long. That's right. You know, or something right. like that. And and I think so. I think we have to prepare, and and this falls back on the pastor as well. Which I admittedly, this this is the hardest part for me in sermon preparation mm-hmm. is calling my people to respond. Yeah, right. I have a difficult part, a difficult place, com, you know, completing the message. Right. Here's the way that you respond right. to mm-hmm. what we've talked about right. today. Mm-hmm. That's hard for me. It is. And so sometimes we have to listen so intently that we're we're hearing the expectation from maybe not the preacher but from the spirit. Right. This is mm-hmm. how we properly respond. Yeah. This is how we properly apply this message that we've heard. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. And and you know when we think about preaching, if we believe the parable of the sower yeah. to be true, yeah. then we understand that the preaching event is spiritual warfare. It is. That when the gospel is going forth that Satan is actively trying to snatch those seeds of the gospel. Yeah. He's trying to remove them. He's yep. trying to raise up tribulation and trials to mm-hmm. choke out that seed. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be we need to expect that. Yeah. 
And part of that expectation is praying, Lord, you are the strong man. Bind the devil. Sure. Let sure. let the let the gospel go forth. Uh, sure. Allow the the seeds to be planted. Uh, don't allow tribulation and trial and whatever else to choke yeah. out the life here. Instead, let this gospel be firmly rooted in my life, firmly rooted in the life of my children and my neighbor. Yeah. So that our church can bring your name glory in our community. Yeah, and I think you know you and I as pastors and as leaders, which you know most of the people that are listening to this are, I believe it's 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 an opportunity for us to tell our people that we're expecting something to happen yeah mm-hmm. you know to say hey i have i've spent the week praying through this mm-hmm. i expect god to convict someone yeah. to respond mm-hmm. now i understand we can we can be manipulative in that that's right that, yeah. that, that's a that's a line right there that we make when right. we make but sure let's we don't not cross. throw the baby out with the bathwater. let's not let's still let's still conclude that that the lord is going to do something if the yeah. holy spirit is in the room mm-hmm. when we are proclaiming the word of god the Holy Spirit is active. That's right. He's doing something. He's pursuing someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and again, back up to the top, our prayer may need to be, Lord, let no one quench you today. Yeah, let uh-huh. no one quench, mm-hmm. quench the Spirit yeah. in this place. Uh, and, and so I think coming to this message, expecting God to do something great, uh, is an attitude we ought to have. That's it. We ought to mm-hmm. have it. So That's good. So we had a, we had a prayerfully, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Actively, mm-hmm. lovingly. And expectantly. Expectantly. That's Lee. That's them. That's and it. you know what? They all ended in Lee. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, John, uh, as we kind of wrap up um, this podcast, uh, what are you? Uh, what are you reading? So I just finished this morning. Um, um, what was the name of the Color of Compromise? Yeah. Uh-huh. Man, that's a good one. And um, I actually gave it to a history professor mm-hmm. who's in my church, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I wanted him to read it. Because I want his perspective on some of the historical right. uh, information mm-hmm. that's in the book. Because it completely makes me consider some historical things mm-hmm. concerning race and, and right. the founding of, of America. Mm-hmm. And even up until this, through this Black Lives Matter uh, you know, time period that mm-hmm. we had, right, it right. makes me consider some of those things differently. And so I wanted his perspective on the historical aspect. So yeah. he's, he's going to start reading it. So we can have a conversation about it. I would say, I would say, read it. Yeah, and I think and just just briefly from what I've seen from Jamar Tisby and his ministry, yeah. that's what he wants: conversation. Yeah. And, and 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 you know, it's hard. I told you, it's hard, it's hard. to read it. Times. It's hard, mm-hmm. uh, and it the, ought to be. Yeah, like George Whitfield that's is right. someone I have a lot of respect for. We just quoted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, some of the things that is said about George Whitfield, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And, and so that that was a really good book. I just picked up. Asked the Presbyterian pastor in, in our town, mm-hmm. "What are you reading right now?" Yeah, and uh, and he told me the Bruised Read mm-hmm. by Richard yeah, Sibbs. Sibbs. Uh-huh. And uh, and he said he's read it multiple times, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. just picked it back up. Pretty and good. so uh, actually, I didn't even have to buy it. I downloaded it for free. Yeah, there you go online. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started the Bruised Real, the Bruised Real, the Bruised Rib, Bruised Read. Now <laughs> read. that's what the Methodist pastor is reading. The <laughs> yeah. Bruised Rib. This Got morning, him. and uh, so that's that's where I am. What about you? What you're that's reading good. right now? Uh, you're, well, you're writing a PhD paper yeah, today. I'm writing my first paper. I started this morning. Uh, I had a lot of pages to write today, or a lot of words to write today. <laughs> I've got about 1,500 words left. That's good. Uh, you it's, got it. It's 140 right now. We're going to leave hopefully by 2, <laughs> and I've got I've got till 12. So I'm going to be finishing oh, that. So I'm not doing any reading today. I got you. But uh, I am reading uh, – so recently – Recently, my wife's grandfather passed away, and he was a uh, Baptist pastor for 
years and years and years and has yeah. a treasure trove of a library. Yeah. Um, and now none of that belongs to, to me. It belongs to my father-in-law. So, um, but one of the things that we did get to do is that the books that we had given him as mm-hmm, gifts, mm-hmm. we were allowed to take. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is awesome. Uh, and my older brother-in-law, Brandon, who's been on the podcast, right. um, he had uh, given um, my grandfather-in-law uh, Tom Nettles' three-part history of Baptists. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he'd given it to him, and so he took those. He himself didn't want them, and so he gave them to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I also knew that my other brother-in-law, Jason, mm-hmm. who's going to be mm-hmm. on the podcast next week yeah. and who will be preaching Rob for me, yeah. also wanted them. And so um, I'm going to—now, This I can say this because this isn't going to air till Tuesday— <laughs> Uh, but I'm trying to read all the way through them and so that I can to, give them to Jason yeah, uh, yeah. as a thank you for coming and preaching yeah, our revival yeah. and, you know, being a good brother-in-law. Yeah, so good. Uh, I'm about halfway also through the second one. Yeah, also don't give him just a check. Give that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, I don't know. The books are like 20 bucks a piece, so they're $60. So, um, oh, I'm sorry, Jason. Plus, I know, I mean, the uh, the the uh, the emotional significance, too. That's yeah, worth a couple yeah, hundred yeah, dollars, yeah. right? So I don't have to pay him, right? Yeah. So that works. Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to do. And luckily, it's... Though it is pretty stout, I read history pretty quick, yeah. and uh, so I'm I'm about halfway through the second one. So hopefully, I yeah. can finish that before Monday. Good, good stuff, man. Yeah, well, it's been good to be back. It has been. Uh, we've enjoyed it, and we I hope that you have as well. And we uh, do ask that if you like our podcast, to share us with a friend, to like, rate, and review us on iTunes. We are on Spotify now too, and so that's another way that you can listen to us. And so we would love for you to uh, to to uh, spread the word about the Imperfect Church podcast. Uh, So until uh, next time, we'll see you soon. And remember to keep loving your imperfect church. And remember one day she will be perfected in glory.